Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. During my career that's running uh, some 36 years and still counting now, I've had the very good fortune to cover some truly great competitors and outstanding competitions from all sports. I'm talking Super Bowls, World Series, Stanley Cup Finals, NBA Championships, tremendous boxing events, just... Tremendous in every sense of the word. But over this past weekend, and I promise you, I'm not just saying that. I will explain. I watched the competition that, to me, really is second to none. It exemplified, exemplified what the true meaning of competing and competition is all about. So like I said, listen up, because you're really, I mean, really going to want to get a load of this. All right. Again, I started what what I got to watch over this past weekend. I watched by accident and I went into it unwilling to really want to watch. My wife comes to me and tells me, you know, uh, one of my daughters recommended we watch World's Toughest Race, uh, you know, running on Amazon. So I said, yeah, I'm just not into that. I, I'm not into, I've, I'm not knocking them. It's just, I've never been into the Survivor stuff. It, it, just no interest to me, none whatsoever. But there was nothing much on, and uh, I said, okay, let me watch it. Let, let's try the first episode. I, I was going to accommodate, I was going to be a nice husband and accommodate my wife. Well, we watched the first episode on um, Saturday night, and quite frankly, (laughs) I binge-watched all 10 episodes between Saturday and Sunday night. Folks, I don't know if you're familiar... uh, I guess they've had these races in the past. I think one was back in 2002. 
the um, it's called the world's toughest race uh, Echo Challenge, and this one was Fiji, and with the host being uh, um, Bear Grillis. Okay, it, it's a Mark Burnett production, folks. I I don't get paid for this. I'm not looking to promote it, but what it is. It's the most unbelievable thing that I've gotten to see. It's it's an eleven day, four hundred and sixteen mile. Well, four hundred and sixteen mile, what they call the world's toughest race, and believe me, they ain't lying. It it's made up of teams. Each team consists of four members. All right. Apparently, uh, from what I understand. They get like, there were like a thousand applicants and they take 66. And I mean, it's, call it a race. I, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling what I witnessed in this race. It was, you talk about physical challenge and mental challenge. And, and the reason I'm talking about it because here we are, and listen, we can't say enough, you know, the will to win and competition and competitors. And, you know, I've seen it all, as I mentioned, from every sport, I've seen it all. You know, guys not willing to take defeat. All the cliches you want. Will yourself to victory, all that. And they're competing against, other teams, right? You know, if you're maybe the Giants competing against the Jets, you know, uh, you know, uh, what? It's another team that you're competing against. When you're in a boxing ring, you're competing against the guy standing in front of you. But this event was completely, completely different. This event was completely different. And why the reason I say means that it was the true meaning meaning of competition, because um, I I think the best way I could describe it is is you're competing really against yourself. I'm a runner, you know. Back in the day, I used to run marathons. Now I'll I'll still run my six miles, if not every morning, five six days a week. But back in the day, even when I was running mile, uh, marathons, I had my goal. My goal was to be better than I was, let's say, the day before. Or if I was running a marathon, to be better than I was the marathon before. But I wasn't worried about beating somebody else. And while this world's toughest race Fiji deal, uh, yeah, there, there was a winner. Uh, the team was from New Zealand. There was a winner. Even from a winner's standpoint, the competition was about finishing the race, about overcoming unbearable, I will say unbearable odds. Talk about a, a deck stacked against you just it was just a, an amazing competition because 
I've never seen anything like this. I've heard people, some of the people that were interviewed in the competition, people who are um, Ironmen, some guy who ran like 50 marathon. Uh, he, he, what did he do? He, he ran like, competed in, it was 50, 50, 50. 50 Ironman races in 50 states in 50 days. How about that? I think the guy's name was James Lawrence. 50, 50, and 50. 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days. And he said, this, this race, this competition, hands down, is tougher than all of them. And to to watch men and women I've never seen women like this. And I'm not talking about everybody was like, you know, 20 years old and, you know, rock solid and, you know, bodies like tempered steel and, you know, just unbelievable physical specimens. I wasn't looking at anything like that. I was look. let's put it this way. There was one team, one team called Stray Dogs. They were all like 65 and over. 65 and over, I'm talking about. Name anything, I'm talking about through swamps and jungle and, and, and swimming in, in freezing water and suffering hypothermia and having to climb mountains and, and biking. It was incredible. And the amount of injuries that people had, and they just continued to persevere through. I mean, people were crying. But through all of it, through all of it, that's what was really amazing to me. The thought of quitting, because some people had to quit. There were some people who, you know, unfortunately had to quit. But the thought of quitting broke people's hearts, not because they quit, and they were upset for themselves. They were upset because they were they felt that they were letting down their team. That's why, to me, like I said, there were a thousand applicants who applied for this. Sixty-six teams were accepted. Forty-four finished. All the stories are compelling. But the people who didn't finish, their stories were equally compelling, if not more so. The thought, watching some of these people when they couldn't go further on, you could see they were brokenhearted because each to a man and woman felt, I'm letting my team down. They want to compete. And the people, the teammates, were not crying because they couldn't finish. They were crying because their team members were hurting. 
you know, you've heard this a lot in um, in boxing. A lot of times, you know, you, well, yeah, a classic example, if you remember the thriller in Manila Alley, Joe Frazier. If, if you remember that, and after the 14th round, the trainer for Joe Frazier, Eddie Futch, said, uh-uh, can't let you go out there. And at that point, that fight was still up for grabs. In fact, after, you know, uh, Alley was declared the winner because Frazier wouldn't go out. Ali had said after the fight that was as close to death as I've ever been. But sometimes the trainer, you have to protect the fighter from his self or herself. And for these competitors, that was an extremely hard thing to do. I watched people they were in swimming like eight kilometers in freezing water coming out of it with extreme hypothermia. They had to be treated. They looked like they were dying, literally dying. And they went on to compete the, complete the race. I, I saw a guy whose leg was so badly infected. He, I mean, this was... Uh, like a, a Navy SEAL, a special ops guy, tours in Afghanistan. He could not stand and was refusing to quit until the captain of the team, she said, I can't do that. You can't do this anymore. I can't, we cannot allow this to happen to you. And all the team members were crying for him. That to me is the ultimate in what a team is about. And what competition is about. As I said, there was a team that that was a bunch of guys. They would call, call themselves Team Stray Dogs. I, m- they were all over 65. I think they were at 68. It was unbelievable to watch what they were going through. And, and it, you could see some, one of the team members was disoriented for a long, long time. And we're talking about an 11-day race. They they could not finish because they just had to make the decision. Somebody who happened to be a doctor in the group, it was just too much. He, he just was not right. They had to stop. There was a, a group called Team Onyx, a tremendous group. It was an all- black team first one ever all black team to compete and while everything was going great one one of them had a, the, the bike smashed up he got himself battered and banged up concussed bruises cuts all over his body would not quit would not quit until the team made him quit. Broke your heart. I get emotional talking about it. Broke your heart. That's what competition is all about. But the absolute 
show stealer to me in this competition was a guy by the name of Mark Macy. The name of his team was Team Endure. He was on with his son Travis and two other people. But Mark Macy, I think Mark's like 60 years old. Maybe even a little younger, maybe 58. Mark Macy is suffering from premature Alzheimer's, early Alzheimer's. And, you know, talking about going into the race, he was saying, he was explaining to himself, it's going to be difficult because I might not remember your names or who you are. I got goosebumps just talking about it. I was watching this guy. Now, this guy, uh, Mark Macy, is, who certainly was regarded as one of the foremost premier adventure racers anywhere. He also was part of that Team Stray Dogs, all, all those guys 60 and over. And I watched him. Setting an example of, you want to talk about against all odds. Against all odds. Uh, Suffering from Alzheimer's. Competing in this competition. As I watched, I said to myself, I've never seen any athlete, any of the great ones that I've had the pleasure to cover, who, who I respect utmost. Nobody could top this, what I was watching this man, Mark Macy, do. And, and, and folks, I highly recommend, I, I can't do it justice by explaining how tough this world's toughest race was and the elements and what these people had to deal with and mountain climbing and, and climbing about in, in the dark. I'm not talking about little mountain. It was in of waterfalls and and biking through mud where you couldn't bike through the mud because the mud was so thick. They called it like peanut butter, so they had to carry their bikes. It, it was just and and an going through the water. Uh, it, it, it was insanity. And this guy, it, Mark Macy, is continuing to do it. And. His biggest, I'm telling you, I get emotional talking about it. His biggest fear, he would say, was that his grandchildren wouldn't get to know who he is. The real Mark Macy. And as a grandfather of three little boys, that touched close to home. And, I mean, not only was he dealing with Alzheimer's, but towards the end, towards the end, he basically couldn't stand up because he was suffering from a bad back. You know, he had a bad back going in, and this took its effect. And and they were, like, deep into the race. I don't know if it was, you know... 
three quarters of the way through. I mean, they, they were into this race. And people literally had to carry him and try and stand him up. And he refused to quit because he couldn't do this to his team. And, and, and his son, his son Travis was with him. His son kept telling him, Dad, you're not quitting. No, no, no one's quitting. You, you're, this is a success, whatever we've done. You've shown people. And he is an example. I mean, that's what he said. You know, he, he wanted this to be an example for anybody suffering from Alzheimer's. You can still do things. You can still try and function. Now, I'm not a doctor. So I'm not speaking from a medical standpoint. But from this or physical standpoint, but from the mental aspect, what what I got to see was beyond words. And and when they had to make the decision for him to say, no, we can't go on. And, you know, he's apologizing to his son. You know, and his son is, what are you apologizing for? I love you, Dad, and your grandkids are going to know everything about you. That, to me, it does not get better than that. It was the ultimate in what a... I'm, I'm not just saying an athlete. It was the ultimate in of what competing is all about. Having the will to go forward... You know, again, under all circumstances, against all odds. You know, many years ago, Bill Parcells, the great two-time Super Bowl champion head coach of the Giants, Parcells once said to me, we were sitting, talking. Actually, we were having lunch. He said, he looked at me, he said, hey, Sims and Taylor would compete in a parking lot. Simpson Taylor would compete in a parking lot just for the sake of competing. And I looked at him and basically I said, come on. And, you know, they had their, uh, um, what do you call it? They had their uh, holdouts for money and this and that. You know, it's for money. No, they would compete in a parking lot. And it took me a while to understand what he meant, but he was right. I, 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 I remember... Um, Sims, you know, because we're in the business and you're invited to different golf events, so I've had the pleasure of golfing with Sims and Lawrence Taylor. But Sims once had me uh, up to his country club, and he was on the, he says, come on, let's go uh, to the practice putting green. It was me, Little, little old me. Every little thing was a competition. It was not for money, not for anything. It was just on a practice putting green. A a fun morning. I understood the meaning of what, what Parcell said they would compete in a parking lot. The drive to just compete. The joy that you get out of competition. And, and sometimes we all forget about that. 
You know, listen, in, in sports, let's be honest, all of us, the bottom line is winning. You know, no, no one's happy when our team competed in the Super Bowl and lost. Everybody's pissed off and miserable. Ditto the World Series. Ditto Stanley Cup Finals. Ditto the NBA Championship. Ditto NCAA. That's it. Maybe it shouldn't be that. You know that old that that old expression. Losing. As long as you try, you don't lose. But a loser is somebody who doesn't try. And I, th- that kind of competition could be applied not just in sports. It could be applied in business or anything else. Talk is cheap, whining about it, but go out and do it. And in this, this Fiji, world's toughest race in Fiji... This echo challenge, they call it. To me, it was the ultimate. And it made me think when I first got into this business. And it taught me something. And and sometimes we all forget it. And watching this made me remember those people because I was thinking about the various uh, competitors that I've gotten to see over my career. The very first thing I did in this business, in TV, when I very first got, I was working up in Toronto. And I was asked to do play-by-play for wheelchair basketball. Play-by-play for wheelchair basketball. And it was the Toronto Spitfires. I'll never forget it. And... You know, I did it, and they asked me to do it again, and I did it again, and I'm not getting paid for it. You know, it was for, you know community cable t- TV. But then this, it was called, then they had the Toronto Spitfire Challenge, and they had teams from all over, Canada, the United States, other countries coming in to compete in his major tournament. Wheelchair basketball, all right? Wheelchair basketball. And then it, it taught me a lesson about what competition is all about. Because covering that and watching it was like watching a chariot race. If you've ever seen the movie... Ben-Hur and the famed chariot race. That's what this was. Wheelchairs clanging and smashing and guys elbowing each other in the face to, to get a rebound. Wheelchair basketball. And as I drove home that night, I said to myself, that to me was the ultimate at that point in competition. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are. It's the competition. Able body, disabled body, it's the competition. 
So now let's get back to this Fiji challenge, Echo Challenge, world's toughest race. I mean, it, it, let me let's put it to you. Let me put it to you this way, folks. What you watched in in a four hundred and sixteen mile eleven day race, by which the New Zealand team, which finished first, I think they did it in six days. You know, eleven days was the limit. They did it in I think believe they did it in six days. Experienced team, all experienced people. The last leg is is something like a. 50 kilometer or like a 30 mile um, journey in an outrigger on the Pacific. I'm not talking about in a lake or a river on the Pacific. While they're doing it, they had to SOS because something happened to the outrigger and they were all submerged in water. Very calmly, they're told rescue is coming. The rigger gets pulled. They, they get pulled to this little island. They're going to get these people another thing, uh, another rigger, so they can finish the race. And they did, and they won the race. It, I'm telling you, it was the ultimate in competition. But, but to me, the, the truly amazing thing was watching that Mark Macy with his Alzheimer's as his team comes in, his fellow members, see, he used to be on that stray dogs team that had the um, 60-year-olds, 68-year-olds competing. And he, he just felt it was not right for him to compete with them this year because of their age and his Alzheimer's and wouldn't be advisable. So that's why he went with his son, whose son, Travis, was amazing. But to watch a member of his old team greet him and the embrace, you know, of what physically has happened to them was just, as I said, it was the most remarkable thing that I have ever gotten to witness. And I've witnessed some great competitions. I've witnessed fighters never giving up. You know, just when you think they're dead and they're on the ropes, you got an eye closed, ready to go down, and they reach for something extra. But this competition, and and listen, let me tell you, the winning team in the race gets a hundred thousand. the The second place team gets ten. Excuse me, no, a hundred thousand for the winning team, fifty for the second place team. 25,000 for the third place team. I guarantee you, even for the winners, 25,000, quite for lack of a better term, don't mean shit. This, when, when people tell you, no, it's all about the winning, in this event, it was all about finishing. And, and I, I, I can't even touch on all the stories because I'd be here for 10 days, for 11 days as long as the race took. There was one guy who's a former MLS player, uh, major soccer player. Why was he competing? Ah, uh, well, you know, easygoing guy, blonde, looked like a surfer dude. 
And he's just telling a story. Yeah, well, my life kind of got turned upside down eight years ago. Um, uh, my father committed suicide. So I don't know. if He goes, I don't know if this journey, it's just something I have to do to find myself, my purpose. Whatever the reason was, he's doing it. And his team is kicking ass. When I say kicking ass, they're doing it. They're going to finish the race. And they're all, his group, all were experienced bikers. All were experienced bikers. So they're zooming. You know, really, you know, uh, they were kind of in, in, in a home stretch, if you will, getting there. They were going to finish the race, all looking good. And this experienced biker <sighs> crashed. Bloody nose, bloody this, bloody that, battered, beaten up. Got to wait for another day. He didn't want to quit. His teammates didn't want him to quit, but they all had to do what was right. His teammates were crying. They were crying because their teammate was hurting, not because they couldn't finish. That, to me, is the ultimate in being a competitor and the ultimate in a competition. There was another guy. His team did finish the race. He's telling a story. And he's got this little pouch, you know, where they're resting near some water. And uh, again, I, I can't even begin to paint the picture. I, I'm not that good a wordsmith where I can paint that kind of a picture. I mean, think about the worst, think about an old or, or a, um, you know, Apocalypse Now. Think about a pop, Apocalypse Now, that, the, the famed movie. Think about In the Jungle. Or think about Platoon. Think about old great war movies, In the Jungles. It was nothing compared to what these people were going through. Well, anyway, this this guy is standing there. He and he talks about he's got a two and a half year old son and, and a little baby uh, daughter at home. And he's telling the story how when the son was born, uh, his his son was a twin, but the other twin uh, died at uh, was stillborn. He keeps the child's the stillborn's ashes. And this this man competes in different races. They're not all races like this, but a different type of adventure races. And every adventure race that he goes, he puts an ash out, puts some ashes out. And he explains, you know, when it was asked why, because someday he's going to take his son And he's going to introduce him to the spirit of his brother at all these different places. These are reasons why people compete. Might sound, there, there's a woman who, who suffered a major breakdown, came back to compete. 
You know, winning is relative. Winning is relative. But fighting a battle, never giving up, I'll tell you, we're all going through shit right now. This pandemic sucks. I was just talking about it with a friend the other day. I've had it. Can't go into restaurants, can't do all the little things you do, can't meet friends. It sucks. Everybody deals with shit. You know, people are losing their businesses. Everybody's dealing with a lot of shit now. I needed to see this. Because it told me, you know, told me about that old cliche. You know, the ability to get back up when you're knocked down. What, what do they say? It, it, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. You know, let me tell you, folks, watching all these people, watching all these people, every one of them, every one of them I had the utmost admiration for, watching all these people compete, each and every one of them, not was, but is a top dog to me. So I I highly suggest, (laughs) ain't no money in it for me, but... You know, you can get it on Amazon streaming. I highly, highly suggest that you all watch the uh, world's toughest race with Bear Grylls, uh, Echo Challenge Fiji. It's competition and competitors like you've never, ever seen before. I, I, I'm just proud that I watched it, let alone how proud I am of all those competitors that I got to see. Just truly, truly something very, very special. Anyway, folks, that's a wrap here. I want to thank you all for getting a load of this, and now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. And if you watch it, and then if you go watch this Echo Challenge, you can let me know how you feel. You can let me know your thoughts on a podcast and what you think of the race. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks today to Matt Meany and the lovely Ariel taking good care of me. My thanks to 77 WABC Program Director Dave Labrosi and his outstanding Assistant Program Director Matt Dahl, President and GM of... 77 WABC, Chad Lopez. And last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to you, the people out there, because without you, the people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. See you next time. Stay safe. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. 
When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.